Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Thanks, Dad. Grab your seats. Grab your seats. Quick, grab your seats. Thanks, young Damien. I'm not... Man, that was lots of great thoughts there. QR code, quick response. Who, who would have thought it? I, I was, my mind was blown. I've heard lots of theological teaching from my dad, but that there, the QR code meaning quick response, my mind is blown up. <laughs> Let's do an altar call now. I'm done. I've learned enough today. Uh, we are good. How's everyone doing? Good. Oh, that sounded. I, I heard about forty percent of you guys, and then none of you guys. How's everyone doing? Yeah. Hey, there we are. Hey, um, my name is Jason. I'm part of the team here in Compass, and we want to warmly welcome you here. And uh, listen, if you have been, you know, uh, during this time, there, there can be some floaters. Everyone say floaters. Like right now, you're floating around going, hey, maybe I'm just going to go see Encompass Church on a weekend, see what happens, etc. Et you're kind of working out, is this the church for me? Maybe, maybe not, etc., etc. Next week, after church, we're going to put on a morning tea for you guys in MR6 and 7. Uh, and so whether you've connected with us or not, um, we would love to connect with you, really. And so whether it's my wife and I or our team will be there. You know, it's nice to know the pastors. It's very important. But to be honest, my wife and my, our desire is that you know more people in the church, just not the pastors. You know what I mean? That, that you come here and you're coming home and you're amongst community. You come here and you're going, oh, I didn't realize your story as, and learning more about each other so that you come into family. As family, you just don't know your brothers and sisters. You just don't know your dad. You know your brothers and sisters too. And so that is what uh, this is designed for. So next week, straight after the service in MR 6 and 7, again, if you've been floating around going, hey, I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering, I have a few questions, I want to know what they're all about, come along to this event. We would love to have you. Um, As Diana has already said, it has been an incredible time of prayer and fasting. Um, Alyssa and I... Lots of miracles have been taking place. I'll tell you, you know who loves prayer and fasting? Harley and Amara. (laughs) They're the worst prayers in the room, I'll tell you that right now. But uh, Harley and Amara, our two kids, they're four and 22 months, they love prayer and fasting. And do you know what we do? This is, we're going to learn to undo this in the parenting courses in a few months. But we just choose to say, like, if they're not eating dinner, and if they're not going to the, to the bath, anyone have any problems with their kids going to the bath and eating dinner? Anyway, we just say, no prayer and fasting for you. <laughs> they jump in that bath. They eat really quickly. It's amazing. I just thought, man, we got church kids. Let's do it. Um, but I thought it's, a, it's an incredible thing to see. Uh, they love being amongst their church family. Um, if you want your kids to be in church, um, show them. You know what I mean? Show them that church is a priority. Show them that you love the house, that you have a zeal. Everyone say zeal. Let the zeal of the house of God consume you. Um, And so anyway, uh, listen, I'd encourage you to come along tonight to Craigieburn. Um, Next week, I believe we're going to do our last 21 days of prayer and fasting here in Bandura, all campuses. I truly believe it's going to be a night, and and I I don't really say outrageous comments like this, but I think it's going to be... I was going to say one for the record book. I think it's going to be an epic night. 
I, I, do you believe that? And so I know tonight's going to be great in Craigieburn, but I believe something special is going to take place next Sunday night. And so could I encourage you as the Bandura location, would you help us as the Craigieburn Doreen come host this beautiful event? And let's pray up a storm this week, all throughout the week. Um, you know, let's be a church that prays. Anyway, um, last two weeks we've had an incredible blessing of having Pastor James Aiden and Jesse Winchester last week, who enjoyed their ministry, incredible time of ministry, great friends of ours. And, uh, you know, I believe God orchestrated those two weeks for them to minister to us and set us up uh, for, the, for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, but, you know, I, I just believe God's hand is over this place over our church, over our leaders, over our congregation, over our fusion team right now as they head off to camp. And we believe he's going to move uh, amazingly. So listen, let's get into the word. Let me share a scripture with you and then I'm going to pray and then uh, let's talk about it. Psalm chapter 139 verses 23 to 24. um, And this is what it says. It says, search me. Everyone say, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive ways in me. See if there's any areas that you need to point out in my life. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Heavenly Father, we just want to commit uh, ourselves to you right now. And I pray hearts will be open and soft to hear your word this morning. Lord God, I pray as we uh, discover and explore your word that you will, your word will search our hearts. That we actually invite you from the start of this message to say, search me, O God, and know me. Show me how much you know me, God. So God, Lord, I commit everyone to you that's hearing this message today. Speak, let us be transformed this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Um, So we're two weeks into prayer and fasting, and I have a good prayer and fasting story. Don't judge me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him we won't judge him. We won't judge him. I want to see you do it because I feel during this story this could be a bad idea. Anyway... So a few days into prayer and fasting, I, and you shouldn't talk about prayer and fasting too much because, like, how you fast. But I hadn't eaten in a long time, and I was hungry, okay? Now, now I decided that, that for that day I was only going to eat dinner, okay? You following? So it's during the day, and it's afternoon, and I'm starting to get really, really hungry. Now, some of you are going, did he eat something? No, I didn't. I waited for dinner, as you're supposed to. But I decided during that day at work, I went up to my wife. Now, remember, I'm hungry. Like, as in, and I'm trying to pray. You're going, you should have been praying. Yeah, okay, I was trying. Anyway, moving on. Um, but I, I go up to my wife and I go, babe, what's for dinner tonight? Now, I said it with a bit of excitement because I'm like going, babe, I'm starving here. Like, what's for dinner? You know, like, and the thing is, I, context, my parents gave us steaks a couple of days before and I thought she was going to say steak. Who knows when you're fasting, a steak would be a great thing. Like, as in, you know, okay, anyway. Just context, context. Anyway, she, she says these words that broke my heart a little bit. She said we're having watermelon and halloumi salad. Watermelon and halloumi salad with a bit of olive. Can I just say, if you're not hungry, it's a great meal, Okay. <laughs> Now, apparently, now she said chicken too. Now, she's going to keep correcting me this whole moment. There was chicken in that thing. I'm like going, my heart broke a little bit at this point. This guy's starving. 
right? And, and she said, watermelon and halloumi. I'm like, what kind of gypsy stuff? Like, like, what's going on here? Like, as in, what is happening? And I got really upset. I'm like going, oh boy, here we go. So anyway, uh, 5 p.m. came along. Oh, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Anyway, 5 p.m. came along and I'm going home and I had this amazing thought. Do you know what goes, goes really well with watermelon and halloumi salad? No, a KFC snack box. What's, you got, you got, there's some people over there going, I knew it. And it's so weird. I'm trying not to sin and stuff like that. And I'm going down McLean Turner. I thought, I felt the leading by the Holy Spirit to go left. <laughs> KFC's right there. I'm like, what's up? Let's go. So anyway, I go and, uh, this is your senior pastor. I'm so sorry. Pastor John would never do this. Uh, <laughs> did you do it once? Yeah, accusing. He's going, yeah. It's a yes, guys. It's a yes. Anyway, um, I get this snack box. I eat it quickly. No one knows. Some of you are going, did he get it? No, I got it. Trust me, I got it. Got home. No one knows. I get home and Alyssa's cooking the watermelon halloumi salad that I really want. And she, and she says to me these words, you must be starving. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm still starving. Yeah, I'm still starving. I'm still... I'm still starving. I, I felt so bad. Like, honestly, I felt terrible. You've got to understand, when Alyssa and I were dating and, and early, in my early days, I wasn't always honest with Alyssa. And so, to be honest, this tension, you, you might go, it's just a KFC snack box. But to me, like, it was weighing on me. And I'm thinking to myself, can she smell it on me? <laughs> like, like, you know, Casey's got a smell. You know, is the box still available? Did she, did she get a push notification about, like, the, the transaction? And, and, like, am I going to get a speech? And, and I've gone, oh, man. And, and I'm thinking to myself, do I tell her? Don't I? I want to be honest. I want to say something, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and out of nowhere, five minutes into this conversation, I've gone, babe, I've got to confess. Everyone say confess. I gotta confess, like as in I ate this thing, I had to admit it, I had to get it off my chest. I was like, oh my goodness. It was the worst 10 minutes of my life. You know what I mean? Because I just felt like, you know when you feel someone knows and you're going, uh-oh. And I had to confess this thing to her that, you know, I, it, it, I still ate the halloumi and, and watermelon salad. And, and, and you know what? During that 10 minutes of not telling her, driving home, being in the household for 10 minutes, it got very uncomfortable for me. But then yet, when I confessed, everyone say confessed. When I confessed to my wife, I'm going, hey, she laughed about it. She kind of was like, oh, you're terrible. Anyway, and, but it felt so good to confess. It was such a good thing. It cleared the air. That elephant in the room, that KFC snack box size elephant in the room that was there and over me, it felt so good to get it off my chest, clear the air, and all of a sudden these, these shadows were removed. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for others so that they may be healed. I made you laugh because it's a serious conversation today. We're going to be talking about confession. Ooh. Ooh, it gets a bit uncomfortable. And at the second week of fasting and prayer, I want to talk about the specific things because here's the thing is that we can do a lot of teaching to, into prayer and, and, and teach into, I guess, praise and thanksgiving, right? Like a lot of us go, hey, let's start it off with praise. Let's enter his presence with praise and thanksgiving. Potentially, you've heard teaching on waiting on God. It's a great prayer. 
It's a great thought. Maybe it's how to petition God and ask for him and, and so knock and seek, etc. Et but today I want to talk about confession. First John chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. If we claim to be without sin, we've deceived ourselves. Anyone that you see going, oh, but you know, we're, I'm all good. If we claim to be without sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, everyone say confess. Confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive, forgive us of our sins and purify us, sanctify us, cleanse us and from all that is unrighteous. What is confession? Well, just to really briefly put it together, in the Greek of the New Testament, it means to agree with God concerning his opinion on a matter. It is to agree with God, not our perspective on it, not our truth in the generation we live in, but God's truth in an area. It's not your version, but it is his version. It means to admit guilt. And here's the thing is that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners, so when we confess our sins, we are agreeing with God concerning the sin in our life. That's what we're doing. When we confess our sins, we are agreeing with God concerning the sins in our life. And I know today, on the third week of January, you did not come to church to be told you're all sinners. No one likes those messages, but I don't know if we actually need to speak into it more. That was pin drop silence just there. If I had a pin and I dropped it, you would have heard it. Um, like, as in, but I think sometimes we actually neglect speaking about sin and we live in a little bit of a fairy tale, tale land. But here's the thing. If we stop talking about sin, we will never understand the grace of God. If you don't understand your sinful natures, my sinful nature, the KFC snack box size or the family feast version, whichever one we've got, right? Like as in, but the reality is, if you don't understand your sin, you won't understand the grace of God, his forgiveness and his love and kindness. You know, the Bible throughout it has got many confessions. Isaiah uh, chapter 6 verse 5, he says, Then I said, all, uh, it's all over, I am doomed. For I am a sinful man and have filthy lips. I am among people with filthy lips. In other words, he's saying, I am undone. Job confessed about his, his sins and prayed for his friends. Daniel, uh, in, the uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 20, it says throughout this that he was a man without fault through his peers. But yet, in chapter 9, verse 20, it says, I went on praying and confessing my sin." I didn't just confess the people's sin, but I confessed my sin, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. So confessing is agreeing with God concerning our sin. But why do we need to confess? Why do you think we need to confess? Don't answer this question, rhetorical side, uh, these moments. But, but the, the reality is, is that we don't confess to give God more knowledge. I'm just letting you know. Like, you don't need to tell, I'm, this is, uh, this is, I don't want to put it out there, but he already knows. He knows. And I know sometimes you go, you, some people, I think there's two extremes. Some people think they hide things from God, and other people, there's such guilt that consumes them that they probably feel like he sees everything. And he does see everything. When you look at Psalm 139, it, it, it talks about the, the all-knowing God. Psalm 139 verse 4, Before a word was on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Before I even thought of the idea of KFC snack boxes, as in it, it, he already knew. 
Before I could even think about yelling or saying something nice, even that wise thing that you say, I don't even know where that came from. He already wrote it. He already knew it. He knows all things. God never says to you and I or to his angels, hey, I can't believe he said that. I, where did that come from? Well, that was fire. As in, he never says that. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 8, he says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave six feet under, guess what? He is there. His presence is unescapable. It is unavoidable. Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. You know, when you talk about abortion, things like that, I'm just going off right now, I shouldn't really do this, but, but, but when, when you talk about abortion and life, you think about this verse right now, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He knew you, your family, and everything about you. He is the creator of all things. He chooses life. He is the final decision maker. We pray to a God that knows. So we're not praying for his knowledge. So then why do we confess? We're not confessing for him to get smarter about us. So then why do we confess? We confess because we need to know that we've sinned. You need to know that you've sinned. I need to know that I've sinned. Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And some of you, as I started this thing, when I talked about confession, you went, I'm pretty good. Like, if you saw the person next to me, they're a lot worse than me. Like, they got way more to confess than I do. Like, as in, you know, you're kind of feeling that thing. But, but the reality is, again, whatever the size of your situation is, confession is important for your soul. The enemy right now is telling somebody, here goes a condemning church again. Here goes God making me feel guilty. No, God is not trying to make you feel guilty. He's trying to grow you. You want to grow? Confess. You want to grow in your relationship with God and others? Confess your sins. Confession is the beginning of you turning away from your sin. Hello. Confession sanctifies and draws you to holiness. This is holy ground. It's, it, it requires confession. Confession leads to healing. Confession allows surgery to take place in your hearts, in my hearts. God can't do surgery in our hearts when we're not willing to acknowledge the problems that are going on in our hearts. When we, we confess, we read it just earlier, he will forgive us, he is just, and he will purify us. Let our prayer be, create in me a clean heart. We are asking here for divine holiness, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. This is a change of attitude, a holy attitude. Do not banish me from your presence, oh God. I want your guidance, your Holy Spirit guidance. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You want to feel the unction, the direction of the Holy Spirit. This should be our prayer. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So how do you confess? Like, where does it all start? We're going to go back to Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. And we started here with this verse. Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting, in the way everlasting. You know, this is not an invitation to surface orientation work. You were inviting God, if you pray this prayer, to do, a, to, to do heart surgery. You're not just going, hey, put a Band-Aid on this situation. You're saying, God, I'm inviting you to do something deep in my life. It's like, you know, you can go to the dentist and get a filling or you can get a root canal. Some things are a process. And I know we would love to pray some of these things away, but in the end, God wants to do something in our inner life. He wants to do a work in our thoughts and in my heart. So search me, O God, and know my heart. We're going to start right here and say, test me and know my anxious thoughts. This is the framework of um, how we're going to lead into confession. Is that he, When you pray this prayer, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Do you know what you're asking, God? He's revealing to you where we have trust issues. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He's saying, God, where do I have Trust issues. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You are asking God to reveal your lack of trust. And, and here's the thing. You're literally asking him to reveal your fears. And you're not asking for fear of heights or fear of spiders, fear of the dark or things like that. You are asking God, what is internally making me feel afraid? You're asking a deeper question than the surface. You're not going, I'm scared of the dark. You're going, what, what's going on in me where I'm lacking trust in you? Do you fear being alone, young person? Do you fear being stuck in a bad relationship? Are you afraid of losing someone? Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid of making successful or failing decisions? Are you scared of people rejecting you or leaving you? The reality is what we fear the most shows us where we are trusting God the least. Let me say that again. The reality is when what we fear the most is showing where we are trusting God the least. And the sooner we invite God into our hearts, as soon as we confess, the sooner he gets to do a work in our hearts. Uh, not with Amara, because Amara, she's... Um, She's full on. But with, uh, with uh, Harley, our firstborn, I'll never forget as a dad, and I don't know if, if you remember that first time having a, a little baby in your arms, I had this fear and I kept asking this question myself, um, how am I going to protect you? You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to protect this, this human? And I'll never forget, I went through, a, a few things happened in a month and I went through this, this period of time where I didn't want to leave the house. With her, like as in, I would always be like, "Oh, you're driving somewhere, babe. I'll follow you." You know what I mean? Like, I'm like the helicopter parent, like you know, I'm kind of like, oh, "If you if you're doing this, let me just back you up. I'll be there." Like, she went on a slide yesterday, and I'm like helicoptering all about. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, "Don't do." And so I noticed it was impacting how I was parenting and even how I was functioning in life. I'm like going, "Oh, I don't want to leave him at home for too long. What what happens if this? What happens if that?" And I could see that fear was consuming my thoughts. And, like, and I don't want to say any parents like that, but I'm sure a lot of you can relate. And I'll never forget just going, what if something happens? What if and I remember having this conversation with the Holy Spirit, and God spoke to me very clearly, and he said to me, Jason, do you really think you can do a better job at protecting your family than me? Why are you living in fear? Why are you allowing fear to control you? 
And, he, and, and, he's, and he's like, do you really think you're going to do a better job than me protecting your girls? Just ask me. Allow me to protect. Trust me in this. When you pray, search my heart, oh God. God can reveal your trust issues that you have. And as we confess that to God, it allows him to do a work in our heart. It gives him a divine opportunity to give you a divine confidence. Not in yourself, but in him. It gives you a divine opportunity to give you uh, confidence in Him. And, and, and we end up praying prayers. I remember praying this. I confess that I've been living in, in the fear of failure. But I know that you're in control and you work things all for my good. I confess that I've been doing things in my own strength, trying to protect my family in, the own, in my own way, in my own wisdom. But God, I know that when I am weak, you are strong. So I submit myself to you. I confess, God, when I've been angry and upset, and I know that it's actually coming out of fear. My anger is, for the, ang- for the person with anger, is, what are you scared of? What are we scared of? But I know, God, that, that your love casts out all fear. Your perfect love casts out all fear. So help me to carry your presence in situations. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. See where I have trust issues. The next part in verse 24, it says, See if there's any offensive way in me. See if there's any offensive way in me. You know what you're asking here? He reveals to you as you pray this. See if there's any offensive way. Tell me where I'm in denial. Ooh. Tell me where I am in denial. Tell me where, God, you've done a work on me, but yet I'm just not ready to go there. This is asking God, and you're giving God permission to point out your sins. You ever thought about that? Asking God to, not your version, but God's version of sin. You know, um, I played golf. I tried to play golf, sorry. And I used to be in denial thinking that I was a good golfer. And I realized, and you've asked my wife, like, as in I've just said, babe, I need to go get lessons. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was in denial of my golf game. I thought it was really good. I'm like going, babe, I'm going back to the drawing board. But in golf, what happens is, is that, you know, you're scoring and things like that. And I'll never forget, we all have a friend, and I used to have a friend back in the day, used to play with, and they used to hit the ball a lot. Like, and you're not supposed to hit the ball a lot. You're supposed to hit the ball as minimal times as possible. And so anyway, uh, I'll name him because, yeah, Ronnie. Anyway, Ronnie, my mate Ronnie, we're playing down this, this course, and I'm seeing this guy in the bushes. I'm seeing this guy out here. I'm seeing him crossing over the golf course, and he lands finally on the green. He gets the, the ball in, and you know when you're scoring, right? You're going, hey, what'd you get there, Ron? And you know what he said? He goes, put me down for a four. I'm like, bro, like, it was like 44, like, as in, like, as in, you got to calm down, as in, but that is a person in denial of their golf game, right, like, as in, that is a person in denial, but, but the thing is, is that we all have denials in our life, and we can all be like, oh, it's not that bad, it's not, it's not, and, and, you know, we like to talk about everyone else's sin, but when it comes to our own, we mumble our own. You'll talk about John Smith down the road, how he got in the fight, fight in the car park. He's not paying his taxes. He's doing this. He's doing that. But when it comes to your sin, you're going, blah, 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 blah. you sound like a Mara who can't speak at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like you mumble. You give the 30,000 foot version of your sin and it nearly sounds like a miracle. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, so you go, hey, you know, my, my sin, like, for example, it's just weird. Like, I don't know how this happened, but some stuff from my work miraculously ended up in my, my house. 
and, and, and I don't know why it happened. I don't know how it happened. No, you stole something from your work and you brought it to your home and you got caught out. Some of you are going, oh, but, you know, the signs weren't clear. My speedometer wasn't working. And, you know, like, realistically, they just came, like, they came out of nowhere, like, as in, I don't even know what they're doing out there, but I think it's wrong a little bit. No, you were breaking the law and speeding. Don't mumble your sin, as in, you've got to confess your sin. I'm, I've actually been wired to find loopholes and tacks. And so what happens is, is that I've got this beautiful way to actually gain as much as I can from the tax. I pay the least tax possible. God has wired me like this. No, you were lying about your finances. And you were stealing. On You don't want... Uh, you want the nicer pastor. Uh, he's just down the road, like just not existent street, just on the corner there. Anyway, um, but, but, you know, maybe there's a misunderstanding in your family. And you're going, they're just so sensitive. My family at Christmas, you do not know, you put your foot in it and you overspoke and you lied and you gossiped and you got angry at them. We tend to give this 30,000 foot view of our sins and they literally sound like miracles. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. We confess to God for forgiveness, but... Um, and, but we confess to others for healing. How do you work out if you're in denial really quickly? Just three questions you can ask yourself. What, what, what's God and others trying to say to you? What has your wife or husband or friend been telling you for the last few months or even years that you need to work on and you just keep going, no, not ready to hear it? What have you rationalized over time? You want to know if you're in denial right now. What have you just continued to say, no, that's just my personality, that's just who I am. This is all I've ever known. You're potentially in denial. Where am I most defensive? Ooh. Over the years, um, my wife has constantly told me I have a, a really bad sweet tooth. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, I, I eat. This is what I eat after dinner. Not now, but previously. I can inhale a caramel chocolate, like as in, like a full block, like as in anyone else caramel chocolate fan? Okay, Just, thank you. Uh, kettle chili chips, Whew, whole bags. Don't give me those small bags. Give me the big Indian bag version. Anyway, and then, and then thirdly, like a creamy soda or whatever. And so Alyssa over our marriage has literally kept telling me, you were so unhealthy, you were so un unhealthy. Do you know what I mean? She's like, I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. That's all I heard. Anyway, and I'll be honest, in my defense, I've gone, I'm not putting on any weight. <laughs> What's the problem? You're laughing, but I'm being dead set, like as in there is no, nothing. Uh, but who knows that you may not put on any weight, but your teeth can be decaying. <laughs> You can feel terrible the next morning. I know some older aunties are going to come up to me saying, you can't eat like this. There's two older aunties out here. One that's going to say, you can't eat like that. You've got to really improve. The second is going to buy me those sweets. Do not buy me those sweets. Okay, just, I just want to really put that out there. Just don't. I'm, I'm trying my best here. Okay. So anyway, I totally get into denial. I'm going, I do not have a problem here. I'm, I'm fine. Anyway, I just... I, I, that's my defense mechanism. The second thing I do is I rationalize it when I'm buying kettle chips, creamy soda, and a caramel block. I say things like, it's been a big emotional day. I'm going to treat myself. 
Anyone else treat themselves? Oh, how good is treat themselves? Oh, so good. Oh, man. You know, I had a big conversation this week. I'm going past. Don't worry about KFC. I'm going to Woolworths. Let's pick this up. Whatever's, you know, ready to go. And I'm just going to buy it. And let's be We rationalize and we just go, I've had a big day. I've had a big month. Let me just celebrate myself for a moment with a cow milk. And the next day it happens again. And the next day it happens again. But I've realized that, and I've had this moment where I've recognized that I'm in denial. I can't keep doing this. I'm getting... I'm getting, don't quote me, I'm getting older. And I can't keep treating my body like this. My bounce back is not going to keep going the way it's going. And so I need to treat my body better and I actually need to change my eating habits. I don't know if it's a self-control issue or gluttony, but it's a sin. And I'm in denial. And I've got to confess because I want God to do a work in my life. In the next couple of weeks, I'm just... I'm just scratching the surface here. My wife is going to do a message on gluttony. I'm just letting you know, you better avoid this church for that week because it is coming. And you, it, this is holy ground. This is going to be holy something. Like, as in, but it's going to be an incredible message. Like, as in, it's, it's taking shape and I'm hearing it as, I, you know, as she's preparing. Um, but, but I'm recognizing, I've got to confess, I've, I've got a self-control issue here. I've got a gluttony issue here, and I need to address it. You know, there are many things in our life that potentially we're in denial about. And whether it's like me and you're going, hey, I need sugar, I need to treat myself, or something along those lines. Here's the thing. You might have denial about your control issues. I'm not controlling, I'm just wise. In these moments, God is saying, do not fill yourself with your own wisdom, but come to me. Even when it comes to your eating habits, God's going, do not be like, as uncomforted by those sorts of things. Do not go to the, the sugar source or whatever. Know what it's doing to you. And he's saying, come to me. Whether you've got denial about your finances and your trust with your finances. He's saying, would you come to me? Let me minister to you. Whether you have a fear of man or whether you're in denial about where a relationship is truly at. Whether you're in a marriage that is just tense and broken and you're in denial and you're not willing to go get the help that you need. Let's be honest here. God is saying, come to me. I want to do a work in your heart. I want to bring the right people around you. I, I, I want to do a work in you so that you can step this out and he will divinely lead you in these moments. As I was preparing this message, I had a huge nudge from the Holy Spirit. And he showed me people that he has revealed your areas of denial. And you're saying to him, I'm not ready to deal with that. You've literally said, he's shown you an area of your life that you're in denial. And you said, no, I'll get to that when I'm ready. Let me tell you something. God has, and he says this very gently, he's revealed it so you can work on it. He's, he, he's revealed it so you can work on it now. And there's someone here saying, but I've got so much to work on. He is going to give you an ability this year to deal with multiple things at the same time this year. You're going, no, I've been so stuck. I only do things one at a time. But God is going to give you the, the ability to walk through and work through these problems collectively, not just as one. Last point, and then I'm going to close. I'll invite the worship team up. 
It says, see if there's any offensive ways in me, verse 24, and lead me in the way everlasting. When you pray this prayer, when you say, search me, O God, and lead me in the way everlasting, he reveals to you a way forward. He reveal, when you confess of the sin and, and, and the things that are going on in our lives, guilt is removed. Shame is taken away. The air is cleared and blockers and obstacles are addressed. You know, uh, recently, I'm going to use that word recently, I was about to head into a meeting. I was prepping it for the whole week and um, I felt really edgy. My wife may even say a bit snappy. Like as in, I was just feeling a bit edgy, a bit snappy, a little bit maybe angry. And, and I'll never forget as I, as I began to prepare for this meeting, I, I, said to, I said to God, I didn't say to all this, I said to God, God, what is going, why am I feeling this way? Like as in, what is happening in my heart? And I decided, I dared myself, and I said, you know what? I'm going to pray this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and reveal to me where I'm scared, what I'm fearing. Reveal to me where I'm in denial and where I need to hear you more. And I recognize there was so much more to that edginess, that snappiness, that anger that maybe you felt before and that I was feeling. I was nervous about this meeting. Why? Because I didn't know the answers. But we serve a God that does. I was angry before this meeting because I actually thought that this person was going to reject me. This person was going to leave me. I'm talking, search my heart, oh God. Know me. This is not just a surface prayer. I, I was upset. I was edgy at this point and I, and I thought to myself, what? What are they going to say on the attack? So I was defensive and my walls were up. And as I began to pray this prayer, I remember this morning I woke up and I said, this is the day of the meeting and I prayed this prayer, search my heart, know my heart, see where I've got trust, see where I'm in denial. God, show this to me. And he literally revealed to me all these things. And my heart, as hard and as crusted as it was, literally began to soften. And as he began to show me these things before, I'm going, man, I'm just scared that they're going to leave. I'm just scared they're going to say something mean to me. Let's be honest. God began to show me his heart, his love, the fact that he is all-knowing and all-powerful. Leave or stay, he's in control, right? Whatever they say or not, I'm a son of God. No matter what takes place in this meeting, guess what? It's going to be okay because it's his church, not mine. And all of a sudden, as he began to break my heart, as he began to reveal these things, a softening took place. And not everything went perfectly, and it wasn't the, the perfect me, and, every, and, you know, God saved everyone, and everyone was healed. But I was able to step it up, step it out in baby steps. I was able to walk towards, not my way, but God's way. I heard this thought recently, and I think it's so important. In the Bible, God never heals people of lying. He doesn't heal people of anger and rage. Some of you are going, take my anger and rage away. He can't do it. He doesn't do it, sorry. 
He doesn't heal people of greed, slander, or lust, but He invites us to relationship with Him so that we can ask Him. This is the sanctifying process. He won't heal us from it, but in the end, it inv- He invites us to say, search my heart, O God, and do a work in me. This is the sanctifying process. This is the holy process of God. And it's literally, he invites us in these moments to invite this prayer to say, search my heart. Show me where I have trust issues. Reveal to me where I'm in denial and lead me, I confess. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? We're gonna do two things this morning. We're gonna invite anyone that's never invited Jesus as their Lord and Saviour into their life to give you an opportunity to do that. And so if that's you today, and if you've never made a decision to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Saviour. Here's the thing, however you've walked in, if you've never walked into a church before, if you have many times, I need you to know this. He knows. He knows you deeply. He is an all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere God, and He's seen it all. He's seen you at your best, and He has seen you at your worst. He sees all these things, but yet He chooses to accept you and love you. He sees your worst days, but yet He chose to give His life for you. And this is what I need you to know today. His love is everlasting. His love is here for you to receive today. He died on a cross for your sin. In your worst day, He died on a cross for you. On your best day, He died on a cross for you and He rose again so that we could have eternal life, so that we could see and receive the eternal way. So right now today, if you want to acknowledge, if you've just sensed God searching your heart and you're saying, I need to confess that I am a sinner in need of a Saviour. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're going, I need to make Jesus my Lord and Saviour for the very first time today, would you just lift your hand up right now, really boldly and say, God, I'm yours. I see that hand. Anyone else here? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Lord God, I must confess, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Just wait a few more moments. Yep, I see that hand. Anyone else? Yes, I see that hand. Could we pray as one family today? Would you repeat after me? Lord, today... I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you. I believe you gave your life for me and rose again so I could be saved. Today I choose your way. I receive you as my Lord and as my Saviour. Change my heart from this day forth. Do a work in me and transform me. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for the few people that put their hand up today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.